Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Resources and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today we're in our one of my favorite episodes that we do, and that is looking at our own stuff. I love having guests and talking about all kinds of things, but, but when we have a chance to talk about the work we do, I just, I just think that's exciting. We are, as you know, uh, according to the liturgical calendar, in the second half of the second half. The second half is after Pentecost. It is that long season where we figure out how to be the church based on what we learned from the first half, which is the story of Jesus that guided us from birth to ministry to death and resurrection, and then the ascension, which then sends the church off to be the church. So we're being the church. And we had a long series, The Path of a Disciple, where we tried to plot out some of those things. And, and I guess we're kind of in the journey mode. So the second part of this has another three-part series or three different series, depending on how you want to look at it, from the end of August to the end of October. That guides us through that. We have three series. One is called The Journey Begins, one is The Long Haul, one is The End in Sight. And all of them are about how we live out being the church together. They don't necessarily have to go together. The Journey Begins is about talking about some of the foundational things. Where do we start? What do we need to know in order to be the church together? The long haul is saying, we've been doing this for a while. Are we getting any better? What are we looking at? Uh, how do we live out the, the call to be disciples of Jesus Christ? And then the end inside is just a short two-week series reminding us that we have a destination, and that destination is the kingdom or the kingdom of God. And it's not just a heaven somewhere, it is a new way of being and a new way of living. So we wanted to walk through, first of all, these three, and then and then the other two series that we have before the end of the liturgical year, just to give you some insight as to what we were thinking. So why don't we start with The Journey Begins? <laughs> as I said, that's the first part of this, where, where part of it is asking the question, what are some of those foundational things we need to think about? And we start with a text where Jesus asks that question, who do you say that I am? And so that we begin with a declaration of, of who Christ is for us. And what does that mean to, to make that claim, stake that claim? The, the next week, that's week one. Week two then is titled, Who Am I? And that looks at Moses dealing with the realities of being called by God to do something. Who are we? We ask who Jesus is, now who are we as a church, and how do we live that out? How do we understand what it means to be a disciple? What is that call on our lives? It's a self-identification 
but also what do we proclaim? The third week then, which would be September the 10th, is what is the sign? How do we see God at work? How do we see God present already and point that out to other people? But also, along with that, is the idea that says, how do we be the sign? How do we let other people see Christ in us by the choices we make, the decisions that we make, and all of those sorts of things? So, what is the sign? And then the last one, which actually kind of leads into the, the next series, but it's all connected into this series called How Many Times, and it's on based on the gospel sto- account of Peter talking about forgiveness. How many times do I need to forgive my brother? By now, we started this journey, and people are getting on our nerves. So how many times do we have to forgive one another in order to be the church? How do we live that out week by week and day by day? So that, that's the first part of that. So Lisa, how do, we, how do we fold that into our worship? Yeah, so I find... One, I love that we're doing this journey. We're just continuing the journey theme, right? Because Mm -hmm. in some ways, it helps me feel better about this long, Mm -hmm. ordinary time that we're in. There's purpose to it when we think about it as a journey. So one of the things that occurred to, to me as we were putting together graphics for this series is that we're also kind of, we're located in liturgical time but we're also located in all kinds of secular time. And August into September is this transition period, right? A back to school. Mm -hmm. Even if your kids aren't in school yet, or they're not, they haven't been in school for decades, there's always this sense of something's beginning in Mm -hmm. August into September, especially with that transition at Labor Day, right? So the graphics actually take a bit of a different turn, and they're going to look like notebook paper with symbols and questions. And I was really grabbed by the fact that every week has this centering question in the title. And how do we draw on that and kind of recognize it's it's like sitting at school again. We're beginning the school year again, except we're coming back to the beginning of our faith journey, Right. So I I hope that the graphics can kind of give us that sense, like tie in the secular and the liturgical time a little bit and have us really get that sense of thinking in symbols and thinking in questions, looking at very simple illustrations that can actually help us meditate on the different aspects of each week and and important images that show up in the texts. I think as far as liturgical resources, I I really, you've got to know, I love a good question, right? And I think (laughs) questions are so informative. So again, drawing on this questioning, who am I? What is the sign? How many times? Who do you say that I am? Gosh, these are powerful questions. And so for the calls to worship for this series, um, you're going to find in the liturgical resources that we really expand upon those titles. We're asking the questions, both the leaders and the congregation will ask and answer questions. And sometimes there's not an answer that's a full answer, but it's the attempts, right? We're calling one another into worship with the attempt and the trying to follow the questions where they might take us. I also think, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record on all of these episodes, but I'm always going to be a big advocate for the prayer of confession. And so I really want to highlight one of the resources that I try to use consistently when we curate these liturgical resources is 
the Africana Worship series or the Africana Worship book. This week, for week two, the Who Am I, uh, Sophia Fosua has this prayer of confession that is just incredibly powerful to me. And I, I wanted to take a moment to highlight what she says in here. She says in the words of assurance, because she she invites us into searching, searching God searching us out and and us following how God searches us out internally. And then she says, and I just think these words are for us as well as they are for Moses, right? We have not been called to this hour of worship to wallow in sin and self-pity. God has promised to forgive our sins when we confess them and to cleanse us from all manner of unrighteousness. Rise from your knees as children of God, forgiven from sin and empowered to lead holy lives. What, what, I mean, such powerful words, and I'm so thankful for her and all of the work that she has done over the years, including at Discipleship Ministries, but also what that resource has. So I kind of want to lift those little pieces up mm. and also just put, if you don't have the Africana Worship Book on your on your bookshelf, go take a look at it because it has rich resources like that that we try to highlight, but we can't always highlight everything that's in there. And Lisa, would that prayer of confession be, you could use it all, all four weeks of this series, right? Absolutely. I I will confess when I read it, I just immediately was like, gosh, that's, that's Moses and that's us, right? <laughs> but I absolutely think that it could have that, that searching out in the midst of the questions at the beginning of the journey is mm. so important. And especially if you're not used to doing a prayer of confession on a weekly basis, and that's something you want to introduce and try out, having a repetitive one can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it also falls on the first Sunday of the month, which in many traditions yeah. is communion Sunday, mm-hmm. so very that's appropriate right. for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, in terms of music for this series, The Journey Begins, I I curated a list of of hymns and songs that relate to the specific scriptures from the larger context, from the larger hymn suggestions, which have often 15 to 20 different things listed there. So just know that this is a small list, but you can always go and access the bigger list. And I'm just really thinking in terms of some of the things that really jumped out for me. And one one of the things that jumped out for me is this time of creation care. And as Lisa, you were talking about back to school being that part of this journey that we take yearly, you know, Mm -hmm. restarting all over again. Remember, my mother would always say the the weather changes the minute that school goes back. Almost to say that it was initiated by this movement of people that have moved into a different way of living. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been on this vacation, relaxing time, and all of a sudden the movement comes together and we're back in school and routine is back to to it, what it used to be. And and that sort of initiates this change in creation. I don't know. It's really interesting. And every year I think about that when school starts. Oh, the weather's changing. I can tell. So, so I, I leaned into some of the creation care songs that were listed for each of the Sundays. One 
that comes up is God the Sculptor of the Mountains by John Thornburg. You find that in The Faith We Sing. Again, that would be a great theme song for all the Sundays. But another one that's in our hymnal is God of the Sparrow, God of the Whale. How does the creature say ah? And that kind of leans into these questions each week of this series. You know, it kind kind of ends with a question until the final one. So those are a couple of those. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone is a really good one as well. That's more contemporary. That works with Who Do You Say that first week. And then one other one that I'll just lift up for you. Well, two more. Uh, The Summons, Will You Come and Follow Me? Again, that questioning. But the, the penultimate verse is the one that always gets me. Will you love the you inside that, you know, nobody can see but God. Will you love that person? And it just fits so well with who am I? Mm-hmm. So it, using, you know, the juxtaposition of Christ asking, who am I? Jesus asking that and us asking, who am I or whose am I? So, and then finally, that that last Sunday, the how many times, the one about forgiveness. How many times are do, am I expected to forgive? And so a couple of songs that come up here, hymns, help us accept each other as Christ accepted us. That one gets sung a lot in the in in our churches. Uh, some people have a problem with the 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 melody of it a little bit. And there are some other melodies that can be sung to it. So just know that if you go to hymnary.org, you can find out more there. And and then God, how can we forgive? That's another one from the faith we sing that could be used as service music even during that Sunday. So those are just a few that relate to creation care, but also to the questioning that we have in this series. So in this transition that Diana and Lisa talked about, about moving from summer into fall or or family time into school and work time and all that kind of stuff, we we hit this the next series, which begins September 24th, and it has four weeks in that one as well. It's kind of the middle part. The journey's been going on. We've made our decision. We've gotten on board, and now we've got to figure out how we're going to live together as we do this. <laughs> the long haul is about the difficulties, the struggles sometimes of, of being the church uh, in difficult times and our feelings that sometimes get in the way. Now, what's fascinating to me is that Lisa and Sarah, our, our graphic designer Sarah, worked with Lisa, and the images are all around food. <laughs> so it's like we're at this table. <laughs> Yay, food. And table is sometimes a place where our real selves, our hungry selves, our hurting selves comes forward, and, and so mm-hmm. the struggles are. So we begin September 24th with the burden of the day. That's the story. You know, the, the vineyard workers, we carried the burden of the day. So therefore, how can those latecomers get the same thing that we got. It's about fairness and what we see as fairness and what God sees as fairness and trying to change our thinking a little bit to figure out what is really required of us. The next week, October 1st, is quarreled and tested. This is about the wilderness journey where you can't help but commend Moses for not just washing his hands of the whole thing and walking away somewhere. Because they were grumbling about all kinds of stuff along the way. And we run into that from time to time as well, too, within the church. Well, some churches. I know most churches. The church of people who are listening here never have a complaint or com- <laughs> concern. But, but I've been told that there are churches where grumbling happens. So how do we work our way through that? 
Then an interesting thing, and maybe this is where, Lisa, you can tell, talk to us in a minute, where the images come from. Week three, October 8th, fruit of the kingdom. Now, oddly enough, that came from a beginning of discussion of the Ten Commandments. So it's about law and about fruitfulness, about how we live out the law and what does the law mean for us and how do we define those boundaries in ways that give us hope and give us joy rather than feeling cut off or or hemmed in or, or whatever. So how do we fulfill, how do we live out the fruit of the kingdom even while we're trying to follow God's law? And then we finish the series on October 15th with a stiff-necked people. And I don't know that there's a whole lot I need to say about that. It just The title <laughs> itself talks about the fact that we sometimes get stiff-necked. We get upset. We get, I don't know, prideful or all these kinds of things that happen to us. So how in the world do we overcome our stiff-neckedness? Is that a word? Stiff-neckedness? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I just made it a word. So maybe that's where we need to move to the table and eat a little bit. So help us, Lisa. Help us figure out why are we looking at pictures of food? Oh, such a good question. I'm so glad you brought that up, Derek, because when I was preparing to record, I was like, I'm going to have to give the whole story about how these graphics happen. But actually what it started with, I mean, one, we're in the season of creation, So I I really wanted us to be able to connect with creation in some ways through these graphics, because even if your congregation's not focusing on kind of this season within the liturgical season of the season of creation, we certainly can all kind of glean wisdom and have some connection to creation, particularly through food. So what actually how this started for me was I noticed that The beginning of this series starts in a vineyard with harvesting Mm -hmm. and the end and it ends with a banquet. And I really started thinking about that, that cycle of harvest to banquet and what does that look like? And then as I moved into Coraled and Tested and Fruit of the Kingdom, I just kept feeling these very natural creation type images coming forward, but all about how food brings us together and can also create division. Like mm-hmm. we, we, both things happen either when we're harvesting or when we're preparing, or, you know, if you're at the family Thanksgiving table, you might've experienced it at the table too. All of those things are, are part of the long haul. They're the joys and the challenges. So when you go and look at the graphics for this series, what you're going to find is we begin with the harvest of tomatoes which I was so thankful for Sarah. She found this image with such rich color in it that really gives us that sense of the tomato and how fruitful and delicious it can be. And then we move into coraled and tested, which is tomatoes going through a food mill, which I both coral and test every time that I have to use a food mill as a person. But then we also think about those tomatoes, right? And and the process that that is as they're, they're coming to be prepared for what they will be next. And then we see the the cooking in the fruit of the kingdom, the cooking of this fruit of the kingdom in a sauce pot. And then the very last one, stiff-necked people, is actually an image of people sitting around a table and you see mostly the food and their hands preparing to eat the food. And there's a plate there with tomato sauce and pasta on it. And so we've seen Mm -hmm. everything come full circle through this long haul 
and that there is goodness. And yet, as Derek writes in his worship planning notes for this, for that last week, we are stiff-necked people inviting stiff-necked people to the table. And it is there (laughs) that we uh, encounter grace. And so Mm. I really hope that you can kind of join me as quirky as it may be in the journey of that from harvest to table Mm. and that there is both goodness and provision in that and also difficulty and challenges as we go through the long haul. I also think when we think about our liturgical resources, I I just want to bring up, it, it really just felt like we couldn't have a week that's about laborers in the field like week one is without highlighting that within our resources. So uh, Claudio Carvajes edited, brought together a collection of prayers called Liturgies from Below. And on week one of the long haul series, you'll find a prayer that is a prayer of confession around laborers. And I really encourage, even if you don't use it in your worship service, I encourage you to highlight that, to put it on social media, to let it be a prayer that really helps us during a time of harvest, because some some crops are being harvested in late September. I hope that we can pay attention to the realities of laborers in our midst. And then, because I just always wanna make sure that we're aware of these things, GCOR, the General Commission on Race and Religion, has a wonderful resources section, and I was so pleased at the end of, on we, in week four of this series, Stiff-Necked People, to use, uh, to curate and bring forward a prayer by Bishop Devadar. It's the prayer of the day for that week, and that you can follow that link that's there to see more of the prayers that they offer around addressing and being aware of anti-racist work in mm. our in our worship. Wow, so much there, Lisa. I just love it. And I love the images. I think people are going to really be able to gravitate to them. So community as we journey, that was sort of what I honed in on as I curated the, the songs and hymns. And so in this series, I went ahead and and found some theme suggestions. So sometimes as I look through the the several Sundays in a series, one or two songs will be referenced every single week. And so then it's sort of, it's like, okay, this would be a good theme hymn. (laughs) So let's, you can use it in a variety of ways, of course. Sometimes you you could say parts of it, you could sing parts at the beginning, at the end, after the sermon. So there's lots of ways to utilize it. So the ones that came up for me were Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, which is, of course, a very well-known standard hymn in the United Methodist Church. Thinking about the food and drink, this one is, You who are thirsty, come to the well and drink the living water. That's in the faith we sing. Lord, whose love through humble service is another one for that would be a great theme hymn. And then finally, there's a wideness in God's mercy. And that one especially would be um, good as a going out or as a benediction Mm -hmm. hymn that the choir could sing. So those are some of the theme ones. Other ones that I lifted up, the the one for the the series Sunday, September 24th, The Burden of the Day, it just seems to me that as we talk about the hard work and being in the field, you know, and, and being a harvester and, and working diligently, that we need some robust songs to help us through it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, our African American friends knew that from working in the field. They would sing, and that would help them get through 
those tough times of working there. So, you know, again, that song, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, it's just robust and leads you forward in the midst of new dimensions, which is in the faith we sing. It's like, it's so much like older hymns, but it's newer and it has a great refrain. And then also thinking, what do we need at a time when we're feeling weary from the work? And and what what helps us lift ourselves out of that is to give thanks. And that's the other song that I, I honed in on was Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. Always a, a great song to sing in a variety of places. World Communion is October 1st. So that's the Choral Intested Sunday. Again, as a, a church musician, I always hone in on the World Communion part of it because it's just such a great time to celebrate the music of the world, the visuals of the world, the breads of the world, all of those can come together to be to show the the banquet feast in such a rich way. So I simply suggest here that, you know, as an opening hymn or closing hymn, that you might look at something from another language or incorporate another language. During communion is also a great time to have soloists or ensembles or the choir that can sing something that's rehearsed that might be from a couple of other languages. And then one of the songs that's referenced for this Sunday is One Bread, One Body, 620 in the hymnal, which again is very all-encompassing. It's really great. And yeah, the stiff-necked people, I'm going to jump to that one. (laughs) (laughs) So so what do you sing to stiff-necked people? <laughs> so again, the the idea is to turn that and sing to God, great is thy faithfulness. Thank mm. God God is faithful because then we stiff-necked people have a, a place to to turn to, a person a, a deity to turn to. And as I think about neck, I think great is thy faithfulness. Immediately my face goes up to the sky and my neck relaxes, my shoulders relax. And so thinking in those terms of what songs will help people ground themselves during that Sunday and relax into knowing that God is there. The the last one I'll bring up is trust and obey. That's a real old song And some people don't like the word obey for a variety of reasons, but trusting and listening to God and obeying is helpful to relax ourselves into, it's not about us, it's about God, right? And so I think that's one way to counteract stiff-necked people. Or getting out of ourselves somehow. Hmm. And and I like your description of singing the song and and what it does to you physically as you sing the Mm -hmm. song and look up to God. Which is why we we then add a short series, only two weeks a series, entitled The End in Sight, meaning that we have a destination, that we are heading somewhere or becoming something. There, there's all that. This is not just aimless wandering in the wilderness. There is, there is a purpose to all of this. And so we just it's just two weeks as, as an antidote to some of the other things we've been talking about, all the struggles and the long haul or all the foundational questions that are sometimes overwhelming to us in in the journey begins. It's just two weeks, but also to help us keep a perspective on that. This is not an escape. This is not moving out of who we are. It is a reminder that, that the end is within us, among us, and we are a part of that. Jesus said the kingdom 
is not far or you're not far from the kingdom. All those kinds of ideas that says it is around us. So two weeks, October 22nd and October 29th. The first one, October 22nd, is entitled The Things That Are God's. And again, it's about seeing God at work and recognizing what things are important to God and recognizing also that we are those things that are important to God. We, the followers of God, the disciples of Jesus Christ, but also all of humanity, and that part of our job is to include and invite and and to be broader than that, have have a sense of a world without the divisions that we are surrounded by all of the time. And then And the only way we come to that, week two, is face-to-face. Face-to-face with God, face-to-face with one another. It's about encounter. It's about relationship. It's about about being brought into the presence of God. You know, as as Diana was saying, when when we sing of this, when we're reminded of this, we lean into that presence and we feel that response to that. And so it is it is reminding us as we gather for worship on that week that our job is not just to to get through the service but to experience the presence of God, to be face-to-face to God. And so, of course, for that, we have a picture of a goose. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that, <laughs> there's some deep thinking here. I'm, I'm there sure was some deep. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I mean, I really had not fully connected with how much fall is this transition, that it is, It there's so many transitions that are happening all around us liturgically and out in the world. And one of the ones that I grew up living in West Texas experiencing was the geese migrating. That Mm. this is, this September and October is the season where you know change is coming because the geese are coming ahead of the change, right? Mm -hmm. And we would just see them flying all the time and they'd fill up the football fields and the lakes (laughs) and everything as they made their way south. And so when I was thinking about this sense of the end in sight, one of the things that really came forward for me is we both know there's an ending, but it's knowing that it's there and we're not there yet is part of what keeps us going. And that really just made me think of this migrating image. And so you'll see that the unifying image for this series is of geese migrating, of geese flying, and then I really want to point out the la- the second series, Face to Face. I had so much fun with this one because on um, this week, you're just going to have a picture of a goose staring at you, which is kind of <laughs> uncomfortable at first. Okay, yet, I keep I keep thinking I'll fly away is a, a good I hymn know, for that. I know, course. I know. <laughs> but seriously, like I do think giving the graphics an opportunity to kind of welcome everyone into what's happening to to have let them spark something inside of this this sense of transition but also especially that face-to-face Sunday like the staring of the goose face-to-face is a preamble to the fact that the call to worship that day is going to invite you to look at one another face-to-face to welcome and to name that God loves us and we're glad to see one another. And I just, I I really encourage thinking through that and other ways to embody this face-to-faceness within worship, because if we can't practice it in worship, where can we practice it? Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that that's a Sunday we can really create that safe space to practice 
the ways that we might be able to encounter God elsewhere and people might encounter God in us outside of the walls of the church. I think oh, I think it's important to hold on to the idea that face to face, I mean, it comes from the Moses story. Moses knew mm-hmm. God face to face, spoke with God face to face. And and that part of our striving is to meet God in that. But it's also with each other. It's the mm-hmm. sense of being fully present with one another. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like the, the idea, which allows me to look at a goose and say, okay, am I the goose or is God the goose? <laughs> or, or is there something in between? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. All the above. <laughs> yeah. The goose is in the eye of the beholder, isn't that the same? Okay. Well, I guess we're to the music stuff for these two weeks. It, it's a little. It, this one's a little tricky. And when mm-hmm. I said I'll fly away, that one just really came to my mind. I thought, wow, that would. Yeah. But that's got a different meaning to it. But yes, we adjust to our adjust our vision to see God, and that, as Derek was saying, that. We are part of of God. We are those things of God as well. It goes back to asking God to make us a servant so that we can be in communion with God, always in partnership, if you will. So Make Me a Servant is such a great song that's in the faith we sing. And then the others for that Sunday would be songs of praise to God, God of grace and God of glory, um, immortal, invisible, God only wise. So some of those, yeah. And then for the face to face, loving our neighbor, loving God, and 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 seeing God in our neighbor. There's some other wonderful songs to think about, including Lord, whose love through humble service, and Lord, I want to be a Christian. You know that one still gets sung a lot these these days because it really speaks to how we should be with one another. And then just recently, Lisa and I were at a, a youth event, Bold, in Daytona, and Rend Collective was the featured group there. And the, one of their most famous songs is called Lighthouse. And Lighthouse, I think, is also one to, as I think about um, coming face to face with God, that God, there's this lighthouse that helps us reach forward to see something that we're not at quite yet, but we know the direction we're going. So just some thoughts. Well, it's also a great transition to the to the last series that we have posted so far, and it's just a one week because it's All Saints Sunday on November 5th, and, and we decided to separate that out rather than trying to fold it into something so that we can spend some time on that. And when you think in terms of the lighthouse, of course, God is the lighthouse that calls us, but then there are people all along the way that that are part of that reflecting process and that we see in that. And so, so All Saints Sunday, the, the title is From Every Tribe. It comes from the revelation image of, of the multitude that gathers before the throne, and they're from every tribe. And this idea of the boundaries disappearing, of the, of the distinctions, not the distinctions still being there, we are different, unique individuals within that, but but instead of it being a separating factor, it's a uniting factor. We are brought together in that. I think we need to move beyond the melting pot idea where we all become the same and think more about a tapestry or a quilt or a salad, or since we're on the food thing. And everything, <laughs> all those different things are still there and unique, and yet, and yet we're able to live together in community about that. And so, so we want... We want to lift up All Saints Sunday as an opportunity for the church to really celebrate, celebrate who they are. 
part of the celebration is thanking God for those who are no longer a part of us, that the cloud of witnesses that have gone before, we usually have an emphasis on those who have died in the past year and and some way of marking them, remembering them, giving thanks for them, not as another funeral. It's not a, even though there's grief and sadness in the midst of that, there's also the joy that they they were a part of that and the imprint, the reflection from the lighthouse that they were still resides with us. And so we celebrate that. But then also go beyond just the year and think about all those who have shaped us, the saints throughout history that have helped us be who we are. At the same time, we give thanks for the saints that are still here, still working among us, and turn and look to some of them as well and celebrate them. Even the ones that are very different than us may look different or sound different or or lean in different directions, but are still a part of our family, and we can celebrate that together. I mention, every time I write about All Saints Day, I mention that it was John Wesley's favorite celebration in the church because he was very clear about that. It's a way of lifting up the whole body of the church. So I think we, we need to pay attention to this. So that's why we separated it out to stand alone as, as, a, as a series, quote unquote, in and of itself. I'm so glad you brought forth that celebratory nature, Derek, in the notes and in the preaching, the worship planning and the preaching notes and in what we're talking about here, because I grew up with All Saints feeling very solemn. And I do think there's a solemnity to it, but there's also, gosh, we're remembering these saints that have gone before us because there is joy in the gift that they were, and there is love. We remember them because there is love that was forged when they were here, and that is worth celebrating. And so the graphic this th- for this week actually features a garland of papel picado, a cut paper garland that's used in multiple kinds of celebrations, but specifically in the Day of the Dead or the Dia de los Muertos celebrations. And I think it's a really important moment to recognize all the different ways that the cultures and the backgrounds and the languages that make up the United Methodist Church, we all approach this day very differently. And that's a beautiful thing. And so how can we kind of capture that within our graphics? And then you'll also find in the liturgical resources that the prayer for the day is actually a bilingual prayer written by Bishop Joel Martinez and featured in Fiesta Jubilosa, put out and published in 2022. And I just really encourage, even if you're not accustomed to praying in bilingual spaces in your church, I really encourage the opportunity to either do have one person pray in Spanish and another pray in English or mix the languages together. What a way to embody the from every tribe and mm-hmm. find your own. Find, if, if that doesn't fit your context, find your own way to pray in multiple languages on this day. And what a great like bookend, right? To, to have World <laughs> Communion October 1st and then to on this Sunday, the first Sunday of November, to again come back to multiple languages, really mm-hmm. sinking into our identity as this diverse beautiful tapestry of peoples who come together to praise God, who the saints from before, the saints from now, and the saints from the future. I'll also end this with just saying that there is, we have provided a litany of remembrance 
to use. So if you are looking for one of those that can help you pray through the process of remembering the saints and also incorporate this idea of praying for the saints that have been gone for many years and also recognizing the saints that are in our midst now, that is there for you as a resource this 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 liturgical year. Thanks, Lisa. So many good things there. And, and I'll start with the bilingual, <laughs> uh, since you were bringing up that prayer by Joel Martinez. One of the songs that is referenced for this Sunday is Santo, Santo, Santo. Now, there's a couple of those in the hymnal. There's the one that mm-hmm. is based on the Dix, D-I-X tune that most of us know. But then this one is from Argentina that is also becoming very, very popular. And it's more of a a very short chorus, and it's in the Faith We Sing, number 2007. And I've actually paired that song with some other songs to make kind of a, a medley. So I have started with the, the Dicks, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and then go into this Holy, Holy, and then go into We're Standing on Holy Ground, mm. and then and then ending again with uh, the last verse of the first Holy, 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 which... We have in English and Spanish also in the in our United Methodist hymnal. So that there's something that you can think about how to how to use music to move through the ages and the genres mm-hmm. and do it really pretty easily. We know as church musicians, we know it's all Saints Sunday, and so you have to at some point sing Sine Nomine for all mm-hmm. the saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. With that wonderful downbeat bump for all, you know, it's so, so mm-hmm. great. Um, something a little more contemporary, All Who Hunger, would be a good one for this Sunday, and Gather Us In. Mm. That one I just always hear with two or three guitars and, and the piano, just really bringing people into the church. So yeah, those are a few. I, I, I didn't put a whole lot out there because All Saints Sunday is something we have a tradition usually of doing things mm-hmm. a certain way in our churches. But maybe you could branch out a little and use a little bit of the tradition and put something a little new in, like in that medley. So that's what I would say to do on this Sunday. That always enhances the tradition to add something new, to to honor what you've always done, but to do something new as well. Right. Yeah, you hear it differently. Well, we have one more series before the end of the liturgical year, but we've kind of run out of time. So we might save that for another one, especially since we went out on a limb a little bit with that last series of, of the liturgical year. So so we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what we did with that. But we hope that these series that we've given you are an opportunity for us to, for you, to figure out what it means to be the church, because we're finishing up this year together celebrating the church, honoring the church, looking at the church, challenging the church, growing into being disciples of Jesus Christ before we then start a new liturgical year on the last Sunday in November and begin the Advent journey once more. We'll also talk about that coming up too. Uh, It's not yet posted. We've got some resources in process. So when we get to that, we, we will share that with you. Well, we appreciate you listening in, and we appreciate you using the resources. We've heard from a number of folks who are grateful for what we provide. And if you ever have any questions or suggestions about what you'd like to see or what might be helpful, be sure and let us know. Send us a, an email or contact us directly, and, and we'll be happy to, to talk with you about the process that we have. We're always looking for new ideas. You can always find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. 
So until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation. So may God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.